stop biting on his paw. I don't know what that's about. I also don't know why he threw up today. I, he literally has only eaten dog food. I think I think he's actually developed. He's a, not only eaten dog food. That's today, bullshit. Today, today he's only. Uh, that's bullshit. <laughs> Your yes, dog has not only. But eaten no, dog I think food. he's. I think he's. I think he's only eaten dog food, and he's gotten so used to me giving him human food that now his dog food makes him sick. So he mm. threw up, and we're probably going to do that tomorrow. He said, "I threw up." I threw up. Oh my goodness! Are well, we ready? Yeah. We're back. Four months. <laughs> <laughs> we're back after a brief hiatus after one How dare we? Oh my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a cult classic, the podcast. I am Stone Mountain, joined today, as always, with Tyler J. Martin, the stepson of a witch, the granddaughter of the turtles you couldn't burn at the stake. Oh, so true. <laughs> so painfully everlasting. I just true. came up with that right now. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about all things spooky, taboo, and just downright hilarious. I mean, terrifying and traumatic. Um, we're going to cover topics of the paranormal, uh, true crime, cults, witches, wizards, uh, the Loch Ness Monster, if we, if we dare dabble, urban legends, rural legends, legends. (laughs) You guys have to see the look that I'm giving him right now. I'm nervous, but I'm excited. We also decided that going forward, this podcast is going to be a lot more cash, a lot more go with the flow. So we hope you like it. And if you don't, stop listening. Eat it. <laughs> if you don't like it, just eat it. Okay. <laughs> Well, We're I think trying. there couldn't be a more necessary time for Tyler's EBT session. An EBT session. Oh, mama. The past three months. Oh, mama. The past three months. I mean, the downfall of our country, oh the rise gosh. of the global pandemic an that has ended everything. An inauguration. An inauguration with Lady Gaga, who is the real president, so I, in my opinion. She was dressed like a Hunger Games announcer. Did you see that thing on And her she looked shirt? great. Oh. She looked like she was about to say. Who was getting picked for that? You know what? If I don't look like that when I walk down the aisle to my future husband, Ben Platt, then just kill me. <laughs> just kill me. The cat's um, out of the bag, guys. They're engaged. Guys. Benjamin, Sh- I think his middle name is Schiff Platt. You might find out. It's about to be your husband. I better get on that. Um, EVT. Okay. Well. How have um, things been? We have a new president. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> that's it that's the enough said easy. enough said we both said enough said um no um i mean a lot a lot has happened with us i feel personally a Definitely. lot has changed on a national level Definitely. the world the universe um i am a working woman I promoted promote just recently holding manager oh. um yeah, come visit me at Bath and Body Works and I'll sell you so Am I allowed to say that on here? I think so. Okay. You're it's free advertisement yeah. for them. Yeah. They should be I, paying us. And and I love Bath and Body Works <laughs> and I love being an employee there. Our <laughs> products are fantastic. Come shop from us. Um, um now what yeah. If Bath and Body Works sponsored us. They should. That's not gonna happen. Bath and Body Works, if you're out there But I love you. <laughs> but I love you guys. If you're out there listening. Gingham Nation. We'll we'll 
sponsor us. We'll do an advertisement. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say. We'll get our own candle. We'll get our own candle. That would be fierce. Podcasts are an auditory medium, but we'll figure out some way to you add a factor. You know what? What about a Tyler candle and a stone candle? And you can like like set this podcast up and like sit in your bed with like oh, wow. some exotic tea from like TJ Maxx and like sit there with your candle. and just, Your like, smells like, like clean laundry and like really tasty food. Oh and, God, like, what is your smell? And mine smells like... like Burning tires. <laughs> <laughs> Mine smells like fear. Fear. Um, okay, true. So true. Um, what's what's your tea? I mean, my like, ABT. Uh, um, so. Oh my goodness. Uh, I've been good. I went back to Austin, Texas, Hook'em Horns, Fierce. for winter break, which That's is also the reason burger. why we haven't had any episodes because. <laughs> We've been across the country from one another, and we neither of us can figure out how a computer works, so we don't know how to do um, virtual sessions of a podcast. Yeah, well, we need to figure that we'll out. Figure it we'll out. figure it out, guys. Trust, um, trust us. But it was good. I good. got to see a bunch of my hometown friends. I got to, like, actually take a moment and chill. I could actually try writing the things that I started and then stopped writing and didn't touch for, like, six months. Right. And actually make do. some progress on them. And then I started a new play because I hated the old play that I was working on because I can't finish anything without growing resentful of it. So, But I'm working on a new play, so oh. that's good. Well, I can't um, wait to see it when you finish it, right? When the year 2035, when I finish it. Holy it's also God. a bit... It's um, So I have the one play that's like a, um, like a slasher film satire that's like a, like a dark comedy. Right. And But this new one is like... It's like a like a psychological thriller. Like it's scary. I think it's gonna be scary. I hope it's scary. So maybe we'll have to maybe we'll have to tie it in. Tie it in. Got some free advertising here. All the all the fifteen people who listen to this podcast. You know what? My mom, your mom. um, Hi mom. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That's it. And like and a couple of our our roommates and friends. Yeah, I'll play um, it for Bear when I'm not home. But. You know, promote us on the social media. That's the tea. Promote us on social media and tell your friends. Yeah. If they like spooky things. Yeah, the EVT is that we're not doing well enough because we're not famous yet. So it's in y'all's hands. Well, you our, know what? Our tea, our mental health is in y'all's hands. Make us famous and then we'll be happy. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks Thanks in advance, guys. <laughs> Thank you in advance. Um, so in short, EVT, new country, Stone's working on art. I'm selling candles and lotions. <laughs> And we're back, baby, and we're better than ever. We're and back. we're fired up with some new content and new perspectives and a brand new year. Here I just... think that EBT was such um so exemplary you know what? of how we're doing that it was completely scattered. We briefly mentioned the political state of the Well, country. you know what? That's where it starts for me is just the pause after we have a new president. <laughs> nothing. And you know what? I think that that's right there. That's, that's all that needs to be said. Sometimes there's more words in silence than... Mm-hmm. In, cautiously you know. optimistic quietly waiting for a better tomorrow I don't know okay let's move on to our next session right section right do you believe do you believe it can be miracles okay um are we set our list of folklore legends Taylor urban Swift. myths hello Taylor Swift <laughs> sorry folklore um, we oh, threw cool. it into a random number generator, and whatever number the universe picked for us is what we're going to talk about today. Today's number is 18, and I counted down the list one at a time, and we landed on dowsing rods. Dowsing rods. 
Which I will admit, I know that you know more about than I do. So, do you want to? Do you want to go? Do you want to begin? Let's give a little. Give um, an explanation and then tell me if you. um, Okay, so my mother has a pair of dowsing rods. We got. We went on like a little hometown like ghost hunt when I was younger, and um, I forget if I went with her or not. But she bought them, or somebody bought them, or something happened. But I've seen them, and they're under her bed, and I know where they are. But I'm scared of them because I'm a baby. But, so basically dowsing rods, they are two, like, they look like, like, really thick copper wire, and they come out of two, like, wooden handles, and the purpose of them originally was, like, to find, like, grave sites and water, because for some reason, like, with the magnetic field, there's, like, a disruption or something, I don't know if that's correct, Mm. science, um, I got a D in science, (laughs) um, (laughs) um, you take the rods, and they will cross over water, or, like, dead bodies in the ground or you know other things um but they're also used in like the spiritual world kind of almost like somewhat ouija boards to ask like yes or no questions to spirits and then if they answer yes like they'll cross or like go outwards or something like that you can look up a picture or like video of them they're pretty simple it's a pretty easy concept um but i have seen them in action and like if you've seen any like paranormal shows mm-hmm. like i've seen them deliver some pretty convincing responses where I can't be like mm, that's just not the wind blowing the bars across each other and then outward again <laughs> um, I pers- I mean obviously I personally believe because I know of them and have had them in my house and have seen them in action but um, what's, what's, what are your thoughts Stone on I, dousing rods you this amateur is, this, yeah I am out of my depth but here's what I will say I have naturally this is really brave I have naturally very sweaty hands. Oh, very so sweaty hands. My hands are sweating right now. <laughs> and I think that if I had something like that, that I would be getting like false positives because it'd just be slipping around. Well, no, it. because the the metal like goes through a little hole inside. Of, oh my god! Um, oh, in, like inside of the. <laughs> Sorry, I just like I'm immature and I'm making hand motions right now, and I like can't, I can't. I'm like literally a middle Pod, schooler. Podcasts are a visual medium. Yes, they really. Like, yes, exactly. Um, but you take the metal rod and it goes into the little like piece of wood, and then it like rotates like in the thing. Okay. So like you, your hands being slippery can like not really like do anything because you're grabbing onto the wood. Like if that well, makes sense. I stand by what I said. Okay, because right. I don't understand you know how these work. All right, All and right. I'm going to be fair. controversial yet brave and say that I don't believe because I don't know how they work and I'm still kind of confused. But what we'll do is we'll go up to Cleveland and we'll go under your mom's bed and get them out and contact spirits. All I right. think that's the only way to make. Me well, work. mom, I guess you need to prepare um, <laughs> the couch and uh, get some food going, and so now we'll take a trip up We're and on our play way. with the dousing rods. We're on our way. Okay. Well, there is our do you believe dousing rods. Number 18. Fierce. And we'll see you again next week where the fates decide what random topic that we're not educated on that we're going to take a crack at. For do you believe? All right. Those are our icebreakers. Hope the ice feels broken with you, listener. Because in today's episode, (laughs) solo mom and Tyler's mom Mom. and my two friends. friends. Um, Because it's now time for Tyler's story of the week <gasps> oh ready? my god because i'm ready oh, i know honey. briefly what the premise is and i'm extremely excited oh child okay so this week i have a very interesting topic that's kind of taken off in like the pop culture 
pop culture meaning TikTok because that's <laughs> the only form of medium that is valid anymore. If you if you heard it on TikTok, kids, it's true. Okay, if you're not on TikTok. What are you doing? If you're not on TikTok, what are you doing? I just have to laugh though because <laughs> your one TikTok on your profile is like it's just you me being screaming like, about blah, blah, blah. like literally, and it's called art, and everyone should go look it out, look it up, Stone Mountain Three, and like it, and like it, and comment on, and it. comment on it, and make me make my Baja Blast video go viral. Thank you. Okay, and I'm more so importantly, sorry. give them attention, and right? please give me attention. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, onward with my story. <laughs> Back to me. The most important thing in the world. Um, just kidding. Uh, kind of. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so today we're going to be talking about liminal spaces. Um, so on TikTok, this trend kind of took off uh, under the name, like, The Back Rooms, which um, there was a photograph released in 2019 that, like, kind of took the conspiracy theorists of the world over or took them by storm and they they were just left wigless um so if you look up it's like just look up like the backrooms 2019 on google images or whatever and it's this picture and it's like of okay that was um wow that was powerful so if you don't know so we just we literally so we're like recording this podcast right now from like a study room in like my apartment <laughs> building and the same people who like crashed our first episode just like came and crashed again because they saw Stone's dog and they were like wait it's the same people so like that's they just... were just like walking by it wasn't like they were like <gasps> is this a liminal space I'm <gasps> oh wow <laughs> but it wasn't even like they like planned this like no. they just coincidentally were walking by again yeah that was crazy and this is months apart because again literally like we no, took so much like time October off. That's wild. We we might have to get in contact with these with these young ladies you know and have them as our guests. If you young ladies are listening, you're fierce. You're going to be guests in the podcast. Um, wow. Okay. Anyways, returning back to Tyler's... Anyways, back to me. Um, pop culture I mean, liminal stations. stations. Um, <laughs> um, okay, so um, li- I literally forgot where I was. Um, I was talking about liminal spaces, the TikTok trend, the, pic- the picture, theorists. conspiracy theorists. So the, the picture that went onto the internet of like this, like, it's, uh, it's like so weird to describe it. It's like this, like yellowed out image of like this, like literal, like back room looking spot, like what you'd find in like the back of like a store or like an industrial building. And they're like these creepy, like fluorescent lights that look kind of old. And it's just like this really weird, like vibe you get from the picture. We should post on like Twitter and Instagram the picture of it. Are we, are we allowed will. to? Yeah, we will. Okay, we'll, we'll do we'll, that. We'll post that. So Podcasts are a visual medium. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm wakeless. Um... But this picture, it left people, like, gagged because people like, I feel like I've been here before. I don't know what's going on. But right. um, it's funny because, like, I was thinking about, I was like, what am I going to do for our next podcast episode? Because I've been so long. I was like, what am I going to do? And, of course, you know, Stone and I are out till 2 in the morning every night because we go get Taco Bell literally every single night. Yes. Because, yes. Um, Baja Blast. Um, <laughs> what but, if that TikTok of me blows up? Okay, literally, can you We not, keep on referencing you, it. Just, you're sidetracking me. You're sidetracking me. But, um, so I was coming home, like, dropped Stone off, dropped him and Bear off at their apartment, came back to my apartment, and I'm in the parking garage, like, underneath, and it's, like, 2 o'clock in the morning, it's, like, dead quiet, 
and um, I was reminded of those like the TikTok things I've been seeing because like the like lights in the parking garage are like flickering and I'm like mm-hmm. I feel terrified right now. I was mm-hmm. like, oh maybe I'll do that TikTok trend because this is terrifying and we're talking about creepy things. So um, yeah, today we're gonna talk about liminal spaces. Um, I did a little bit of research. There's not a ton of information because it's more of like a conspiracy theory and kind of something new that has just popped up in like recent culture. Um, so liminal spaces or like the back rooms, um, uh, the Latin root, uh, lemons means threshold. So if we're looking at like these, um, images and like, uh, finding the reason behind like more kind of why they make us feel the way that we do. And if we're like ignoring all science and fact and just kind of being like off the hook and just completely, um, snatched of our wigs um (laughs) being in like a liminal space would be kind of being in the threshold between two different worlds or two different times parallel universes whatever you want to take from that um but just kind of like floating around that kind of concept um someone wrote like an article that i read that explained it really well of like think of it as a rest stop on like a freeway where like Mm. you're traveling between two places and you get off at a rest stop and you're kind of stuck in the middle right um So, like, these images that we're seeing that make us feel, like, some type of, like, creepy, familiar way um, are actually, like, places that it's theorized that we have been, like, stuck in between, like, two different worlds. Um, And there are a couple different ways you can, like, like get there, per se. Um, I feel like I'm talking about this like I don't believe it. (laughs) And it's bothering me, but, like, low-key, I'm kind of like, this is kind of... I know that's just kind of crazy and far-fetched to me. This is like one of the more like paranormal things that I, I can't really like completely completely un- understand enough. It's not that I don't believe in it necessarily. It's just I'm skeptical. Mm. I don't know that I want to go there because I don't <laughs> want to be left alone in some scary place because I'm baby. Um but anyways, um so there is another theory I found in my research that kind of explains it going along with like that um rest stop analogy that I made um, called the clip theory. Um, oh, I just like gagged on my own air. I'm, oh. <gasps> it took your breath away. Oh, it just took my breath away. Um, but so the clip theory, like if, so like when Stone will know about this because Stone loves video games. I don't like video games or play yes. them or associate with them unless it's Mario Kart or Wii Bowling. <laughs> or honestly that flying game in like Wii Sports Resort. I love the flying one with the planes. I think that one's really fun. He literally buried his head in his face so quickly. Um, I'm not a serious gamer, so... um, But, you know, like, when you're playing The Sims, and, like... Because I've played The Sims a couple times, and, like, you, like, run into something, and, like, your character, like, your Sim just, like, goes through it. Right. Or, like, you are, like... Like glitches. Yeah, like, glitches right through, like, a fucking dresser. Right, right. Sorry. Um... (laughs) I feel like we've cursed on this before. We, you know, I marked it as explicit on this yeah, paper, so it's fine. it's fine. It's fine. Sorry, Mom. Sorry, Mom. And Mrs. Mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but, um, the, so the clip theory is the idea that everything is, like, tied to our reality. So, like, if you're playing The Sims, like, and you run into something that is clipped to that world, your Sim will, like, stop or just, like, do that walk thing where right. it keeps trying to walk into <laughs> walk it. But if you go through it, it's something that's not clipped. So... That theory, like, relative to our own world, is that some objects or some, like, places and doorways and staircases are not clipped to our world, but rather other worlds and other parallel universes, which would be how you would get to a liminal space or the back rooms. Um, But 
all of this kind of originated, I guess, from that picture, but then it, like, expanded to, like, this video game that somebody had that's, like, uh, I, I guess, like, something that's happened. I don't, I don't know about video games. Um, but there's, like, different levels, and, like, there's, like, these creatures and stuff, but then people took it to the extreme, and by people, I mean the conspiracy theorists who were... Guys, get a life. What's going on with this? This is so much. But um, this like video game and like the the actual back room idea. There was so much information about like you go to this level and then this is here and you're trying to avoid this and this and this and this and this is real and this can actually happen. So this simulation is like training for when you enter a liminal space. And wow. I think that's that's a little far fetched for me. I don't know. What's the video game called? Do you remember? I don't remember what it's called we'll to be it. quite honest, but we'll I'm sure you'll find I'll it. I'll play it and then I'll tell you if it's real. Okay, I like this is what I found. I don't again. This is like all like this. This one is kind of off the hook. That's why I, <laughs> I wanted to come back and make a statement. You know, I don't want to do some. We're not scientists. Nor death do tunnel Timmy. with Timmy or whatever. Oh my or gosh, um, Timmy. Timmy, stay the stay the hell away from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's it's kind of this idea that if you enter a certain space that is not tied to our reality, you can make it to these like places in between parallel universes, which is funny because I think on our first episode, we did talk about parallel universes. I think that was our, um, do you believe question was parallel universes. It was, it was. So I thought it went well with this because kind of being stuck in, but in between them is a really interesting concept. And with that like video game and the theories around it as well, there are things you have to do kind of like to get out of it, which also, I also want to talk about eventually the elevator game. I think we looked at that too. We did because, but that's a that's a whole other thing for another day. And I don't know if I'm willing to play that game. I'm not trying to get stuck in no elevator with my claustrophobic ass. But um, <laughs> or see or see the, the, remember the old woman they talk yes. about. Yes, there's like elevator? if you if a woman gets on with you, don't. Mm. We'll, we'll save it. We'll save it for another save episode. For the, the elevator game, it is wild. Yeah. And it's very, very much a liminal space and like a... Leads yeah, you like leads you to like yeah. another place like between. Um, but again, like the main reason that I'm talking about this is... And the reason I say I'm not a total disbeliever is because I see those things on TikTok where they put like the weird music and it's like... like right. Um, they put these flash images of like these really weird like hazy images and you're like, I swear to God I've seen that before. Right. I swear to God I've been there. But you can't really put your finger on it. And I totally have experienced like... The, I have the craziest, like, deja vu. Right. And it was very much that intense feeling of, like, what is this? Like, there was, like, a like some, like, ball pit with, like, Chuck E. Cheese-esque, like, shit mm. around it. And I'm like, what? And, I mean, of course we've all been to Chuck E. Cheese. But, like, it's more, like, specifically, like, I feel like I know what's outside of that picture as well. And I feel like I've been there before. I don't know if you I have like, any experience. I feel like I definitely have. Um, even just, like, the more standard liminal spaces that like just feel liminal but aren't necessarily supernatural like i know one that people talk about is like airports at night like oh my god bustling or like schools at night or um like uh concert venues when they're empty like just spaces that don't that feel sort of off because they're not being sort of utilized in the way that they're supposed to be or they Mm -hmm. don't feel the way that they're supposed to they feel like it's in between so i've definitely experienced those and like experienced experienced the like um I guess it's just sort of like discomfort in being in those spaces when they don't feel right. Um, but I do remember, and we're going to find all these pictures. I think when we post our tap out question, we'll attach pictures because I think our tap out question yeah, is we'll social Yeah, we'll social media this yeah. stuff. Because um, the, the, the like yellowish beige wall, almost yes. like hotel Yes, yes, one, that's exactly it. That one like really took me for a little That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah. That's the one in 2019 that yeah. they sent out. That. that one like, and I don't know if it's just like, 
I'm sure there could be some psychological explanation. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that yellowy beige or whatever. I don't know. But that space, like, made me deeply uncomfortable. But also, don't you have, like, and, like night terrors? Yes, have I have night terrors. Ter- I, used to, I used to and still sometimes do have terrible night terrors. I don't dream or have night terrors. But, like, I can see... Because, like... I don't think I was as wigless as you are at this picture. Like, you oh no, I remember clear. you showed it to me. We were, I, I pulled it up when we were in the car. And yes, I, was, I had like a visceral reaction of like, I don't like this. I don't want this. Yes. and I'm usually like down to clown with weird, ghostly true crime stuff. But that one like took me, took me somewhere. It, it's just really interesting to me, and I really, I, it's really, I'm rarely in a situation where I don't know what to believe is right. true or not. So that's why I thought it would be really interesting to bring it like kind of to our attention because you know it's it it's it feels made up to me but at the same time i've seen the pictures and i'm like no yeah i can get behind like that makes me feel uncomfortable and like right. for why like it's an empty fucking kmart right like, what's like <laughs> it's like i have one of those in my hometown it's been sitting there for two years and i've seen it several times and that's fine but like i don't know i don't know who's behind it all i don't know what's behind it all but i just think it's really really interesting um and i also think that it's really it's really interesting how something like that can blow up to the point where it takes off in like pop culture so right. quickly True. and just becomes like this thing that everybody like, like whether or not it's true or factual or scientific or whatever has, like, has a presence or an experience. It has it, a yeah. really big presence. Definitely. And like, even like my sister who is also an audience member, Hey sis, um, <laughs> l- like loves the, like loves the idea of like the deep talk and like right. kind of like weird shit, which makes me feel some type of way. And I kind of steer away from it. And she's like, you're such a baby. Um, well, but I think like not to not to tie in even more supernatural stuff, but that's what we're here to do. Like that is also sort of the premise of like uh, like Poltergeist. Like yes, like, that, that was the first horror movie I saw. That there can be like um, such powerful negative energy, like that some ghosts or like like that sort of energies can be dead people who you know still have business on earth, right. but some can be manifestations of emotions or like negative energy that have that have uh said sort of uh stewed for so long that they become powerful enough and and almost like sentient enough to make a presence here in the world and i feel like that's true of like if you have a picture of a liminal space and it makes some people uncomfortable and then you make it go viral on tiktok and twitter and every single person sees it like you whether literally or you know, supernaturally are giving that image power. Like you are feeding into what makes liminal spaces feel so weird. It's that everyone has like a comment and opinion to give to it. So what I'm reading right now in this book that you've just opened is that (laughs) we as like audience members are feeding into like the idea of this, which is making it. Well, I have like a very big belief in that because I think that whether you believe in the supernatural or not, that's a really good explanation for why things happen or why people think that they've seen things. Yeah. So if you do believe, you can believe in poltergeist. You can say that is being fed mental, uh, you know, energy and being empowered by us recognizing its presence here. Yeah. And thus it gets a better tether to this world. And if you don't believe, you can say, oh, well, if you mention something enough and you talk about it enough and everyone gets exist. paranoid about it, you can start seeing things and you can start hearing sounds that aren't there. And so I really like that, that sort of 
theory of things and like the poltergeist theory. Now because... I'm gonna come home from Taco Bell <laughs> and the fucking parking garage is gonna be a liminal space and then oh, you're never no. gonna see me. <laughs> because let me tell you, if the levels that are in this like back room theory are right. true, I'm not making it through level one, baby. Because there are people that will like eat you and shit and I'll just, I'll kill myself right there. Oh I'll kill myself right there. I will spot. say as much as I I feel like our we're showing we're showing character depth and growth because we're we flipped a little bit where I definitely believe in this. And you're a little bit more the skeptic, and usually it's the other way around. Um, and I'm rather scared of them. I will say though, flipping it back around to our standard procedures, if it was video game style, even if it was a horror video game, I definitely would be down to do it. I think that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> so don't worry. Okay, well you know I'm what? I'm gonna send you the same junkie. page that I read about the levels of the back rooms, and then you come back to me and tell me if you want to play with the level three <laughs> shit I've been reading, because I don't know. It's some, and it's funny you said hotel too, because it is like, like. They take you through different levels where, like, the first one is, like, the back room looks mm-hmm. of, like, that old office building mm-hmm. that's empty. And then you go up, I think, and, like, the next level or, like, the level after that is, like, an empty hotel. Right. But that's, like, the most deadly one oh. where, like, nobody Isn't can make it Isn't one out. that kind of looks like, maybe it's the empty hotel, but it either looks like an empty hotel or looks kind of like an empty mall almost? Yes, empty mall is like another level. Okay. Of it, which I want to read about this. Okay, the empty, we'll post the link or whatever too. I will say one of the things that I totally resonate with is that like empty mall, like right. or that like dead mall aesthetic, because there's a mall like that right by my house that like I went to when I was like a young kid, and I see pictures of it now, and like it makes me feel so unbelievably yeah. uncomfortable, and it's like you look at like that. There's like. That every mall has like that middle part where that has like the exposed glass elevator and like there's a fucking Annie Anne's over there, right, or, right. you know. But it's like empty and like vine covered and I'm like ooh I don't and it's just dark and there's something and it's not just empty like there's something off. Right. There's right, something right. very off and. <sighs> That's a good one. I feel like this is one that we like maybe come back to again and bring in. Maybe once I do some research, I'll bring in the elevator yeah. game or something because I lo- I love liminal spaces and. Definitely have a very visceral reaction myself. It's a cool, it's a cool little interesting. And I feel like it's also interesting to people who believe and who don't because I think anyone will have some reaction to like, everyone knows little well, spaces, right, like because... the airport stuff and stuff, but I think the people more in tune with the supernatural have sort of maybe an additional response. Well, there's always that question too of like, okay, well, even if this isn't true, like, why has it become such a big thing? To Which so goes right back to what you said. Totally, totally, yeah. totally. So that's, that's that's our chat on liminal spaces. Um, I'll be sure to post um, maybe a string of some of the pictures yeah. that I really like was convinced to bring this topic forth with on our social media and see what you think of the empty malls and airports and <laughs> as long as you know what I say as long as it's not the death tunnel then as long as you know the what, death tunnel works then, maybe, then maybe I just might consider going. Um, but Is it- yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a great one. Thank you for thank you for sharing. Of course. Is it and oh, Bear and Grace. Bear is Bear's right Bear wagging his tail and panting and he's coming over to my side. What a great intermission! It's now my turn to tell my story, and this week oh. I decided to do some true crime. We haven't <gasps> had oh. we've only had one episode, but we haven't had any true crime yet, and I want to you know I want to do an episode for all the kids who maybe are not believers in the supernatural. No disrespect, but disrespect for your non-believers. <laughs> but guess what? This is all too real and very freaking spooky. We are going to talk about H.H. H. Holmes, the killer architect, America's first serial killer. First? That's what he's called. That's iconic. That's what the documentary said. Uh, take and me out that way, Mama. <laughs> okay. Well, 
Let's begin. H.H. Uh, Holmes was actually born Herman W. Muggett. I hope I'm saying that right. Um, he was born in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, on May 16th. 1861. <gasps> Two days before my birthday. He's a Taurus? He... Of course. Typical. Hey, queen. <laughs> you love that money just as much as I do, don't you? He does. He's a con artist. He Before he was a murderer or during and before he was a con I, artist. I don't know. There's something sus about me now. You know what? I'm a Taurus and he's a Taurus. Wait. I, we love... We'll do anything for money. You know he I will. Is, and you know I will. And he will. He, that's actually... You know, on our last Wait. episode, we was it on the last episode we talked about astrology? I don't know, but I've said that I'm at times skeptical Wait. of astrology. But this is wow. What if I'm like the reincarnated version of this? Serial? <laughs> okay, well, he killed like two hundred people. <gasps> Hopefully not. Oh, never, not for money <laughs> and luxury and wealth. And <laughs> you guys better watch out. If I go missing, Tyler did it for money. Um, okay. <laughs> so, so uh, Herman was born, uh, yeah, May 16th, 1861. Um, both of his parents were descended from the first English immigrants in the area, um, which is just information that they had. Um, he was the third-born child, had an older sister, an older brother, and a younger brother, and a younger sister. Um, and they were a farming family uh, and devout Methodists. And so, Herman from the... <laughs> Devout Methodist. Devout Methodist. No. Tyler Gass. <laughs> um, Herman no from hate. a young age. <laughs> Stop. I have to get to my story. Sorry. Herman from a young age was deeply uh, intelligent, interested in medicine, and it was rumored that he conducted surgeries and experiments uh, on animals as a kid and teenager, which, as we know, is a telltale sign of uh, socio and psychopathy and... Uh, early signs of for a serial killer. Slay queen. If they, if they cut up animals. And apparently he had a lot of access because they were farmers. So he'd be like, I'm going to go slaughter the chickens or whatever. <gasps> but instead he'd like turn them into cadavers and like pick at their brains or whatever. Oh shit. Yeah. So from the beginning he was a very smart but very weird kid. Um, he at 17 gets married to his first wife of four. <gasps> I'm obsessed with none that. None of which he divorces. Never divorcing any of them. Okay, sister wives. This man Come is a TLC con artist. Um, so he marries uh, Clara and has a son with her. He goes to University of Michigan. Go blue. Um, <gasps> UMich. He goes to UMich. Oh, cool. uh, Department of Medicine and Surgery, graduating there in 1884. While he was a student there, he would take insurance policies out on fake names and then use the cadavers, the body, the dead bodies that they would study at the medical school, and turn those in as the people to collect the insurance money. Okay, literally, that's iconic. Honestly, if that he, is a tourist move. If he had just done that and not all the other really messed up stuff that he did, I'd be, I'd be like, this guy's pretty cool. I'm like, kind of obsessed guy's, with this like, guy. Like cheating the com- cheating the system. I'm like delightfully um, like. I will right say, I, it's gonna get real dark, and if I laugh at all, I have, I have. It's just because it's so messed up. But he is, like, insane. But I do kind of have an obsession with him. I'm really glad he's the first serial killer that I'm doing, the first true crime, because he is, like, wild. And he's also the first serial killer, allegedly. In America, at least. Um, So, he's at his university. He's out here committing insurance fraud. 
um, taking university cadavers, turning them in to insurance companies as unidentified, as the like identified quote unquote dead bodies and collecting the insurance money. He uh, graduates the university, but just before he graduates, it's rumored that Herman is violent with his wife, Clara, and Clara up and leaves him and takes their kid. And what you're going to discover from the story, Clara was right. Clara wised up. Clara was on to something. Clara was on to something because (laughs) she knew that something was weird, whether he truly, it said he was rumored to be violent, whether he truly was or wasn't. She said, "I'm I'm taking my kid. I'm moving to New Hampshire or something. And she even writes later on that she's like, I don't know anything about him after that. I didn't see him. I didn't talk to him. Like, she, like, wrote him off. Sis, like, stripped herself and of I was his like, bands. One, good for her. Two, also good for her for covering her ass because he turns out to be a serial killer. Um, Spoiler alert. Fierce. Uh, so, he graduates, briefly moves to Moore's Forks, New York. I think I'm saying that right. Moors, M O O E R S, and I double checked that that's how it's spelled. You know what? This Moore's isn't a science Fork. podcast. <laughs> I'm so. not a doctor. Um, Moors Fork, uh, Forks, New York. Um, but then it's rumored that he was seen with a little boy who goes missing, denies the rumors, and immediately skips town. Like he lived there for like three months, if that. And they like saw him with some kid. The kid goes missing. Everyone's like, weren't you the last person we saw with that kid? And he's like, nope. And then he <gasps> leaves. Just nope. leaves town. Nope. <laughs> and he moves to Philadelphia and he gets a job at a drugstore. Rumored that uh, a young boy who he gives medicine to dies. <gasps> he denies that he had any involvement. Not young boys. And oh my God. skips town. And then becomes, and then before he moves to Chicago, which is where his story really begins, he takes on the name H.H. H. Holmes. To uh, avoid the fraud charges that are after him for from all the insurance companies and any potential murder investigations that are being opened on him as Herman uh, Mud, Mudgit. Mudgit. Um, so now he's in Chicago. But before moving to Chicago, uh, where the main craziness begins, he has a pit stop in Minneapolis, which I, according to my timeline, he could not have been living there for like more than a year and a half. And he marries Murda... Belknap while still married to Clara. But she left him, but they just. She left him, but they never got a divorce. Okay. And he tries to file for divorce after he marries Murda Belknap. Right. Belknap. Right. Uh, But she, like, never. Oh, on the grounds of infidelity, which she didn't do. Um, And then she, like, never receives the papers and the, the. uh, divorce suit gets like dropped. So he know. just marries this woman while still married to Clara. This is wife number two out of right. four. We, we're not, we're just now halfway. So they get married. They move to Chicago and have a daughter um, named Lucy. I also at the end have some fun facts about uh, his kids to try to make things light because um, they just go on to live like very normal lives. The kids that get away. Because right. a lot of these wives get away. If they were lucky enough. Yeah. Um, now he moves to Chicago, goes by H.H. H. Holmes. He starts working at Elizabeth S. Holton's drugstore. Um, Holton gives Holmes jobs as uh, a pharmacist mm-hmm. um, and proves himself to be a hardworking employee, eventually buying the store. However, there is a sort of unconfirmed rumor that uh, 
Elizabeth sells him the store after uh, her husband mysteriously dies of, of apparently natural causes, but at a young age. And then Elizabeth goes missing almost directly after she sells him the drugs. <laughs> so wow. that's also why, a bit of spoiler alert, he is confirmed of nine killings. He confessed to 27, but he is suspected for 200. 200? Because there's, I mean, this was before forensic sciences. This was before really anything. So there's like a lot of unidentified dead bodies and... Uh, like, people who oddly go missing while he's around and then he skips town and no investigation is ever opened. Uh, and he decides that he's going to buy the empty lot across the street where he starts construction in 1887 for a two-story mixed-use building with apartments on the second floor uh, and rental spaces. Oh, and it's also, I think when they say two-story, they actually mean three because it's like a band of stores... And then two stories above that right. of like rentals and offices. Yeah, I know what you mean. So he starts building this hotel multi-use building. He goes through construction workers like a son of a gun. He is hiring one guy to build a staircase, firing him saying he did a bad job, hiring a new guy to build a doorway that doesn't really go anywhere, firing that guy because he did a bad <gasps> job. So he's the main architect of this building. He's the designer of the building. So he's the only person who knows what the inside of this building really looks like. So that no one knows really what the inside of the building looks like but him. Or the, the full extent of So no everything. one can actually know every nook and cranny of right. the building. Um, Smart. Which is, yeah. Um, so, let's get into the means and methods of how he was killing these people. Does that sound like fun? Should we do that? Should this, we get into the... This research project Eleganza is really <laughs> I, right now. I mean, if... H.H. Holmes is just... We I mean, he's picked, a mad genius. We couldn't have picked two, like, more opposite. Like, yours is so, like, concrete. And specific. And, and how like, fitting. So fitting. How <laughs> but I'm like, here's how he killed these people specifically. And Took apart their like, bodies. Here's them. this really abstract concept <laughs> that kind of TikTok pulled out of its ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, basically, um, full rooms and hallways were soundproofed with asbestos, which also probably was just killing people anyways. <laughs> but were... He said, I'm not going to do the work, I just got asbestos. <laughs> um, but uh, there was, like, this bank vault that locks, obviously, from the outside that right. he would have, and was so tall that he'd be like, one of his secretaries, I believe, um, he sends into the bank vault and is like, Hey, can you like grab some papers that are in there for me? And she goes in and he just closes the door and locks it and she like suffocates to death. He had the bank vault, he had doors that uh, closed and locked from the outside. Those were most of the hotel rooms. He had uh, gas piping that would pipe um, like basically poisonous gases into people's sealed rooms and those rooms would lock from the outside so no one could get out. He had um, basically like a medieval torture chamber in the basement that had uh, one of those like stretching racks and on the oh he's on up, x game he's doing running. some wild stuff i believe it's on the third floor no maybe on the second or third floor there's a another another death shoot another death shoot not this <laughs> where a, not a, this. It, it seemed like at least the documentary seemed to imply that there is a panel that you can pull out that was like disguised into the wall like the same wallpapering you can pull out that's literally just a shoot to the basement where he would take bodies and send them down for easy delivery. And then he had a uh, 
a cremator that he disguised as like a uh, glass um, blowing. Oh, well, you like make for glass. And that's how he would cremate people's bodies down He there. has too much free time on and his hands. And apparently he uh, put someone in there alive. He like drugged them and put someone in the cremator to watch them burn alive. And then also down there... Okay, I just like, have to like take a moment for that one because like burning alive is like really one of... Oh, that's it's a, wild. That's... Uh, so basically, uh, the biggest the biggest story that eventually leads to his downfall is he meets this man, uh, Benjamin uh, Pitzel, a carpenter with a criminal past um, who is not very good at like really any particular job, but is like very strong and has an alcohol problem and like needs a job desperately. He's got five kids and a wife and like is not providing, is not able to provide for his family, is developing a drinking problem and is like pretty desperate. So... Holmes takes him on as like his right hand man and they start doing first fraud together. They start taking credit from places that they're never going to pay back from. I guess they just don't know. I don't really know how credit works now, let alone alone (laughs) in the 1800s. But I am deeply confused that they're like, that's your name. Okay. And just let him like walk away with stuff. Like, yeah, I'd probably be stealing things, too, if I'm like, my name is John Day. Well, I mean, like, you, can, okay. you can do credit card fraud like that, where you take somebody else's name and open up, like, because, like, let's say, like, I have a like I have a credit card with, like, Capital One. Right. And then if, like, someone else were to, like, make another account under my name that wasn't mine, like, I mean, he could just do her, whatever. Her. But with multiple names, he can do whatever he wants. Right. Um, so... He meets Benjamin Pitzel. They start doing crime together. They're doing crime. They're doing fraud. Okay. He's not helping with murders, as far as we know. At a certain point, they start having feuds over money. That uh, Ben needs more money. Holmes doesn't want to give it or whatever. And Holmes comes up with this idea. He says, we're going to fake your death, Pitzel. And we're going to take a life insurance policy out and make your wife the benefactor. And we're going to fake your death. We're going to, like, hide you away. And then you and me, your your family and me, are going to split the profits from this fake life insurance policy. Um, And he's like, oh, um, okay. And, like, goes along with it. And then uh, Ben Pitzel... (laughs) Is found oh, um, okay. dead in his office from uh, some from chlorophene in his stomach. So much chlorophene that they could identify that, or chloroform, chlorophene, chloroform. <laughs> chloroform. So much chloroform that they could identify it inside of his stomach during the autopsy. The wife of Ben, Mrs. Pitzel, can't come. She's taking care of all these kids. She has like an 18 month old. She can't send her oldest daughter because her oldest daughter is helping out with the family. Again, five kids. So she sends she sends her 15-year-old daughter, Alice, I believe is her name, to Philadelphia from Chicago to identify the body with H.H. Holmes because they need a, a relative to identify the body, not just like a friend. Uh, he They identify the body and H.H. Holmes like takes on Alice and at a certain point takes on two more of the kids. And... Tells the mother that Ben Pitzel is with him and they're like on the run from the insurance company to get the money because an investigation has been opened to be like, is this guy alive or dead before we start handing out this money? So he has uh, three of the kids 
Um, and she has two with her. Alice starts writing letters to her mom and they are sad. They're in the documentary and they are sad to listen to. And it's like, why aren't you writing back, mom? Like, I miss the family so much. And he's not delivering these letters. He's not delivering letters at all. He's holding on to them and just keeping these kids and going from town to town. And then eventually he kills all three of them. He puts the two girls in a chest with a hole in it and fills it with gas and then buries their bodies in the basement. And then... This is like sick. It's insane. He's like... When we get to these quotes, I don't think... I mean, you can't explain it, but like they are um, poetic in their insanity of like him trying to explain why he is the way he is. Like once he knows he's convicted and like going to be hanged, he starts writing some crazy stuff. And it's so hard because he's this con man. The whole thing, like historians study him and are like, it's really hard to tell whether he was this like genius con man who just like fooled all fooled everyone into thinking that he was like demonic essentially or like sadistic like by nature or was he brilliant and sadistic and like just this really bright serial killer who satiated his needs in this like very scientific way right so at a certain point he gets arrested for fraud it's like where is ben pitzel you guys set something up. You're going to jail for fraud. Now H.H. Holmes gets arrested. What they think originally is for fraud. And they're like, hey, H.H. Holmes, where are the three kids that you've been watching? And he keeps on coming up with one excuse or another. And he's been in, he gives like two weeks worth of interviews being like, oh, they went back to Missouri. They Like just coming up with all this random stuff. And so this detective agency gets hired and they're like, we need you to go find these children, more likely we need you to go find the bodies of these children. Because they're like, this isn't just about insurance fraud. We think this guy killed these kids. And at the murder trial, the mother of the kids is brought in and the prosecution reads the letters that the daughter wrote, the dead daughter. That's like, I miss you so much, mom. I miss like my siblings. I don't know if you're getting these letters. Like, why won't you write back? And the entire jury is like weeping. Like everyone's crying. The judge is crying. The mother's crying. Everyone who's like spectating is crying. The jury's crying. The only person not crying? H.H. Holmes, the sick bastard. He's not crying. He's the only person in the entire room not crying. He's doodling on a notepad. So he has dismissed his counsel. The trial is going terrible. He's like about to be convicted of murder. He kicked out his lawyers. He didn't cry when he was supposed to. He's like been showing no remorse. So he invites back in his lawyers. He, while in prison, starts writing this book that's like trying to, kind of like a celebrity tell-all, but is trying to like prove his innocence. And one of his his fourth ex-wife, his fourth wife, not ex-wife, Georgiana Yoke, I think it's just Yoke, is brought in as a witness. And this is days after the, the Alice's letters get read and he doesn't cry and everyone's like, you're a monster. And he pulls a full Oscar award winning cry sequence, seeing his wife and feeling ashamed that his family has to go through this ordeal and is like breaking down, sobbing, nothing prompting it. Like very clearly crocodile with tears, but is like weeping uncontrollably throughout her entire questioning. And he's like, I have to prove, I mean, the thought is I have to prove that I'm like a human. Mm-hmm. 
So, he, I mean, it's extremely obvious that he, like, killed these kids. And so he starts admitting to murders, like, left and right. So he is going to go to, he's, go, he's uh, getting his sentencing. He's going to be death by hanging. And uh, this magazine or, like, newspaper company comes in and is like, we're going to give you, like, an insane amount of money if you'll just tell us more people that you killed. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Bear is coughing up a, a storm because he's disgusted. Oh, he's okay. He um, said, this is vile. He said, this is vile. This is I'm vile. disgusted. Um, he, his whole temperament changes. He wrote this first thing that was like, I'm an innocent man. Like, I'm a good person. I'm an American entrepreneurial. Like, I got caught up in insurance fraud, but like, I didn't do it. Or maybe I did. He turns on a dime. Let me read you some of these quotes. He starts admitting to murders that he did commit left and right. Um, he confesses to... he. Nine of them get confirmed. It's like the three children the husband and like five others that are like can be confirmed were were like recent he confesses to 27 murders he's like murdered this secretary murdered her kid murdered this business partner put him in the furnace put this little boy like buried him underground for fun like oh while God. he was still at like it's just like going off one of the quotes is uh i'm convinced that since my imprisonment I have changed woefully and gruesomely from what I was formerly in feature and figure. My features are assuming a pronounced satanical cast. My head and face are gradually assuming an elongated shape. I believe fully I am growing to resemble the devil. That was a quote no. as he's waiting. No, no, and no. And let me read you one of his last before he is hanged. This one, this is like... Again, I do not admire this it. person. Just throw it. It is like, it is Edgar Allan Poe poetry, terrifying, chilling, well-written. I was born with the devil in me. I could not help the fact that I was a murderer no more than the poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world and has, and he has been with me since. Oh, no, I don't know. I don't feel right about it. And that is a direct quote. Like, he wrote and said that. Like, he's like, the like literally the devil made me do it. Like, I am, like, his, like, I'm becoming the devil. And, like, part of me, I go back and forth, which is why I think everyone finds him so interesting. Uh, because he, like, has these contradictory accounts of his life. He tries to proclaim in innocence, saying that he was possessed by Satan. Like, all this different stuff. And he's a con man. Like, Tried and true from age 17 has been a con man. Marries four women. None of them get to, like, none of them know that he's married to the others. Like, you know, all this insurance fraud. I mean, and even the way that he kills, kills people, he was, like, luring wealthy, older, seemingly single women who came to the World's Fair and, like, getting their assets and killing them because no one would, like, find them because they were visiting on holiday to the World's Fair. Like, he is unhinged and deeply intelligent. So part of me is like, that's him like trying to be the star. Like that's him trying to like, oh, you're gonna hang me? Let me give you like a story that everyone will remember forever. But another part of me is like, I mean, he is this really smart, seemingly really like productive person who for no discernible reason is like, has this insatiable need to kill people because he admits to 27, but it, he is truly suspected of like, 200 and that's like the highball estimate 
But like over the course of like the like six years when he when once he started doing these killings was killing like at least you know th- three people a year like it wasn't just like crimes of passion or like he was just a violent guy who this spurred up every couple while it was like methodically planned and executed for pleasure it sounds like a case of like psychopath i want to be remembered forever right. for this like narcissistic psychopath very narcissistic psych- but then on the gallows as he's about to be like hung um he recants and says that he was only involved in like two murders of two young women and that he like like tried his best to be a good person or something and then is Hanged. Does not die on impact. Struggles for 15 minutes because his neck did not snap. And is pronounced dead after 20 minutes. Wow. H.H. Holmes. Um, so we're going to move on to our tap out. All right. Uh, and our tap out for today, uh, I thought of this actually while we were... This is, this is really off the cuff improv. But I thought of this while you were going, I would love if people can sound up in the comments and talk about liminal spaces that they've been in. And it doesn't have to be, I had a dream that I was in a hotel and someone was trying to eat me. But it can be yeah. when I'm, there's, you know, this abandoned mall that me and my friends used to hang out with in. And it would always give me the creeps. Yeah. Because, like, so any liminal space, whether it be supernatural or just aesthetically spooky, sound off in the comments. Let us know. Send pictures. Do you have one? Because I, I we, we usually, when we do our tap out, well, we share one. So I do have one. It's, it's, it's that, that mall. mall. Right. It is that mall. Rolling Hills... It's like Rolling Hills Acre or something like that. It's in Akron, Ohio. Um, it's right around... It's literally just in Akron. And if you're from the northeastern Ohio area, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. It's, it actually is the cover photo. If you look up, like, Dead Mall aesthetic, it mm. is, like, the one. Oh, my gosh. Like, it's... <laughs> Good for <strange>. them. <laughs> but... I do have one that I thought of. I, I, there's also sort of a, a rundown mall um, where I'm from. That also had a theater that was that took up some of the space, and so that theater was still operating, but the mall was like mostly abandoned, and so it was very weird that like you had to walk through this abandoned mall to get to an active theater. Right. Um, but I thought of another one that I hope it doesn't sound bad because we were young kids and trying to be quirky and cool. But you know when like I don't know if this is a normal experience, but if you're like hanging out with your friends and it's late at night and y'all are like. Should we go to a graveyard? I'm also really, no, yeah, yeah, okay, cool. No, I've done I also that. would love for the fact if you and I can relate to that because we're both like supernatural freaks and everyone listening is like, what? What? You like go you to a go Burger to, King? What is wrong to, with y'all? I have been to like graveyard. So I went to a graveyard um, that we thought was just going to be like ooky spooky, um, but there were two things that I felt like made it liminal. One, there was still an operating uh, funeral home. That was like built right next to it. So we were yeah. like at like, it was more just like a reminder of death, like a, at a, like an active cemetery rather than like, oh, it's old and gothic. And two, it's like right off of this, um, it's not an abandoned interstate, but like constructed freeway that's just like not used much or wasn't used when we went. And it was like deeply chilling, not because it was like, ooh, spooky graveyard. It was like a well-kept graveyard that just no one was around for like, a mile radius. 
but there was infrastructure built and like an empty freeway yeah it was just so weird but i specifically remember that in my head and i remember being so excited to be like we're gonna go to a graveyard ooh spooky and i just remember feeling so unsettled and like sad because it was this like basically functioning graveyard and i was like oh are we being disrespectful like i don't want to be here but also there was like nothing going on but it was like a functioning funeral home and just this abandoned road that was like like what, what the highways where it like builds up into the air, mm-hmm. but nothing was on it the whole time we were there. It was just dead silence, and I was like, I'm not about this. No, I don't like that either. So that's mine. Please sound off Let in the comments. Know. We're Tell gonna post. We'll post the pictures of the liminal spaces. Yes, and I'll post a a, a link to something Rage of Chums, and we want you guys to let us know any liminal spaces that you guys have been to. And then our very last segment before I wrap up, and I will be very quick because I've already discussed it, is. Stone's Scream Time. This is where a segment where I watch horror movies and sci-fi movies so that you don't have to. The specific you that I'm talking about is Tyler. While I try to convince him to watch the movie that I've watched or I tell him that it was not worth his time and he won't watch it, which he won't. Um, (laughs) The movie for this week is, surprise, surprise, the documentary H.H. Holmes America's first <gasps> serial killer. Ooh. It is a tight 63 minutes. Okay. Very brief, very uh, uh, Discovery Channel, History Channel, filmed in black and white for no reason, even though it was released in the 90s. Actors hired to be women in nightgowns with a candle. Now, I love a documentary. It's so. a documentary with so much camp. It is... Um, it's not that it's bad. It gives really good information. It's just, um, for example, a silly little line that the narrator said was, Holmes would make a killing in Chicago financially and literally. I gotta, and I had to write I that down. This. It I is. And, but what I really like, I feel like this is a spoiler because I've already said it. They end the documentary with that H.H. H. Holmes quote, the second one, where he talks about the devil. And the whole movie is like informative and sort of silly. They have like, actors in nightgowns and like skeletons that are very clearly have like are made of plastic and have like the bolt at the top of the skull like as like someone's bones and like him cleaning off fake blood from plastic bones like it doesn't have the greatest production quality but it's like informative and fun and then at the very very end it gives that quote and they have the narrator who talks about H.H. Holmes but then they have a male speaker who's supposed to be the voice of H.H. Holmes anytime they anytime they read like his letters and he at the very end reads that quote and I was like taken back like it was scary and the whole documentary is like a joke funny informative campy but at the very end I was like oh my gosh and I think it's really interesting to hear someone who you connotate as H.H. Holmes voice throughout the whole documentary even when it's silly read that quote with conviction because I was like give this guy a an an academy award I was I had chill like I was like ugh. I'm not sleeping well tonight, and usually I love horror stuff and think it's funny, but it took me somewhere. That that quote specifically, I think, is, like, really impactful and scary. I, I genuinely think I could be into this one. I hope so. It's real short. It's 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 63 minutes with credits. All right. Well, you text it to me later. It's then... on... Oh, if anyone would like to watch it, it's on Amazon. It's free on Amazon Prime. Otherwise, I think you can rent it, and I can't imagine it's too expensive, because, again... I really enjoyed it. The production quality was a bit silly. Um, so I can't imagine it's too expensive. But I would recommend it. It was a lot of fun. And in the end, impactful. 
and it will teach you everything you need to know. If you didn't learn enough from me, if you want to know more, it'll teach you even more about Mr. H.H. H. Holmes, America's right. first serial killer. Well, you know what? Maybe I'll watch. Yay! Maybe I'll oh my watch. gosh, this is a win. This is a win over here in my corner. Because you did not watch the last movie that I talked about. You did not watch As Above, So Below. I didn't listen to the description. <laughs> you gave it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like right. Okay, well that is our episode. I don't know how long we've been on here. It feels like a long time, but we we had fun. Yeah, we had a good time. I thought you had something. Oh, <gasps> oh my goodness! Don't I do have crimes, something. So. My computer just said low battery mode, so we better get through this. Uh, I do have something. I have an announcement that I, that is a surprise for Tyler. And I don't know what it is. This episode is coming out on Wednesday, correct? Yes. By Wednesday, I have vowed that I'm going to figure out how to post our episodes on Apple Music <gasps> so that you can have these episodes available on Anchor, Spotify, and Apple Music. That is my goal because oh. Tyler is a fantastic editor and I cannot edit and refuse to listen to my own voice. So I'm going to be taking on some workload. I'm going to figure out how to do that. Period. And by our next episode, which I believe is coming out... Wednesday? Uh, the 27th. Wednesday... Wait, is that the next one? No. The, uh, this one will be out Wednesday, January 27th. Um, oh, I guess this can go with it. We're going to do episodes every other Wednesday. Yes, we we're committing to right now. So this episode will come out on Wednesday, January 27th. The following episode will come out on Wednesday, February 10th. By February 10th. We will have a Patreon set up <gasps> and ideas for what you guys might spend some money on. We've discussed Tyler and I doing some late night Taco Bell oh, runs with, a camera, with like, a camera mounted on the dashboard you so, you guys, so you guys can hear our conversations, spooky or otherwise. We've talked about uh, forcing Tyler to sit through horror movies and have his funny <gasps> and my topical uh, commentary throughout the movie. That would be so Viewing funny. parties. And if there's anything that you guys can think of as well in our sound, uh, as well as our tap out, why don't you sound off in the comments and let me know because I will be running our Patreon so that we have a little bit of balance of work because Tyler's been doing such an amazing job uh, <laughs> editing these episodes. Um, let me know what you would like us to do on our Patreon because we want to give you guys more content as we grow and we want to make some money while we do it, quite frankly. Right. So, but we will have this episode on Apple Podcasts. This Wednesday, and our Patreon will be on, up, not this Wednesday, not next Wednesday, but the Wednesday after. Maybe even earlier. Maybe I'll get a jump start oh. on it. But that's my deadline. Fierce. I'm doing these things. And I'm going to hold you to that. And you should. Do okay. it. I'm going to hold to it. Um, okay, guys. Well, thanks for coming to this episode. Uh, we're so excited to be back with you. Um, make sure you follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Occult Classic Podcast and Twitter at podcast underscore occult. Um, and I think that's it for today. We'll see you on Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Bye.